Welcome to the Latent Space Podcast, where we dive into the wild, wild world of AI engineering every week. This is Anna, your friendly neighborhood AI, and I'll be standing in for Alessio today. Yes, you heard right. AI is taking our podcasting jobs. We flew all the way to London to interview Youssef Risk, co-founder of Wondercraft AI, which has created the number one piece of AI-generated content enjoyed by the latent space community. We asked him how he arrived at his idea, what the future of commercial AI-generated content looks like, and confront him with the hardest question of all. What is his moat as an API wrapper startup? At the end, we even have him turn the tables and do a customer interview with Swix. There's lots of audio goodies in this one and bonus 30 minutes video on youtube.com slash TV. Watch out and take care. So we're in the studio here in London with Yusuf. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> it's been such a joy listening to Wondercraft's podcast over the last four or five months. You guys have been around for only five months. Yeah. And as you know, I'm one of your podcast's biggest fans. And I think that it's super interesting because... I talk to a lot of vendors, effectively people who create services for other developers to build. And you are at the application layer, which is great and challenging for me as a podcaster because you have some secret sauce that you, you're not going to share. But, but I also want to just talk to you as someone who's evaluated a lot of things and built something that I actually use every single day. So that's, that's the context. Great, great. <laughs> How do you feel when I say these things? Like, is, is, that, is that exactly what you're going for? Yeah, 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 yeah. So okay. it definitely makes sense, right? Resonates definitely on the application layer, and that's definitely by design. Yeah, um, yeah. And we can talk about the the origin story leading into to Wondercraft, uh, but just to learn a little bit more about you, you grew up in Egypt. I grew up in Egypt. Yeah, spent the first eighteen yeah. years there, Cairo. And then you came over to the UK. You got your master's in triple E at Imperial. For those who don't know, that's electrical and electronic engineering. Yeah. You then spent four years at Palantir as a forward deployed engineer. I think it's a role that Palantir invented. Forward deployment engineering is a super interesting job because it is kind of at this intersection of being an engineer, so software engineer, but also still doing like business-related things. Yeah, solutions so, architects maybe. Yeah, so part of the job was a solutions architect. Part of the job was reviewing contracts. Part of the job was doing sales. Part of the job was coding things. Part yeah. of the job was interacting with, right? So, so many different things. And I think that is a really good foundation for someone who does want to start something in the future. Excellent. Right? You just do everything. So kind of an endorsement of that job if people want to Huge get endorsement that of that job. Okay, yeah. excellent. Amazing. Um, yeah, Palantir is surprisingly strong here in the London tech circles. I, I have a number of friends who are all ex-Palantir. Yeah. I think or, it's actually the, the biggest offices in uh, London. Yeah, Surprising because yeah. It, I think of it as like a U.S. defense company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, then you started Moonshot for nine months, which is pretty important in your, in your journey. Uh, I'll, I'll bring it up to Wondercraft. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, you started Wondercraft uh, in April of this year, and it's been, it's been about five months yeah. uh, going through YC in, in the winter batch. Summer, 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 summer of 22 batch. Okay, cool. What is Wondercraft? Nice. Wondercraft's a podcast builder that uses hyper-realistic AI voices to create podcasts and make that whole podcast creation process super simple. Right. right. So a super simple example is you can, you know, you publish a bunch of blogs. Yes. You can take that blog, put it in there. It'll just convert it to an audio friendly format that people can listen to. It's just a, sometimes it's a bit more efficient to listen to things rather than read them. What does it strive to be is a little slightly different because what it really strives to be is it strives to be this platform with the mission of expanding access to content. Okay. And I mean this in a variety of different ways, right? Some people just are able to consume content uh, you know, we have this whole debate in education. It's like, are you a visual learner or an audio learner? Mm. What, what, what do you do? People just consume content better in different ways. I, I'm a visual learner. I need to see things. So for me, actually, it's sometimes a little better to read the blog. But if we're just talking about like, I want to get a lot of information, podcasts are great because you can just do them while doing something else. Yeah. Right? There's a reason that that podcast functionality is so natively embedded in all these smart speakers. Yeah. It's just because like you're doing anything at home, just put on a podcast. So really what we're trying to do is podcast is the first instantiation of that, which is like, how do we expand access to content? Yeah. But the, it, it like spans so much more, right? You know, instead of just going to, I don't know, we talked about this like blog to podcast, you can go blog to video. You can go podcast to blog. You can go podcast to Twitter. Thread. Like the, the permutations are, are frankly endless. Basically, it depends on how many platforms there are that people consume things on. But that's essentially what we do. The use cases for this are pretty interesting. The one that we like just see immediate value in is this just this ability to translate the content that you already have into other forms of content. If we just stick with that blog post example again, 
right? You've written, so, so, you know, a lot of companies might have this content team that focuses a lot on producing quality blog posts. Blog posts, you know, they're good for SEO and whatnot, but they're not, sometimes they, you know, they don't really achieve a specific goal or outcome that you want. One thing we see that is really useful for podcasts is they actually carry a lot more weight in credentializing you as a thought leader or your company as a thought leader. So, but, but like, <laughs> you know, we spent the last 50 minutes trying to set up this room to record the podcast, right? <laughs> yes. So it's, it's not easy. And it's a very synchronous process, right? Me and you have to find the time to go and sit here yep. and record this. You have to come up with questions. I have to come up with answers, yep. right? But this ability to actually just like take the content that you have and transform it is pretty powerful. You know, and there's a lot of other use cases as well, which is just like podcasts really all they are is like, like the final podcast, right? Like the, 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 the line between or the difference between an audio book and a podcast, I guess, just the, the format and yeah. the length. It's an, it's an MP3 on a RSS. It's an MP3 with someone or something speaking. Yes. Right. Yes. So I've I, actually played around with a lot with this stuff, by the way. Uh, so I've, I've, I've done music only podcasts where you just listen. Tiesto has been podcasting for 15 years, every single week, just DJing from yeah. his house. All around the world. Intrigued to know where Club Life will take them. Take them, take them, Now. The moment that you've been waiting for all week. It's just basically great. a radio show. It's great. It's just radio show. Async radio. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, yeah. So, it, it's super interesting. But podcasts, like, okay, like, you know the word podcast and just think of what we do, which is, like, we help you create audio content. Super valuable for anyone who just needs that. If you can imagine a world in which, like, I don't know what to call them, like Calm or Headspace or any of these things. Hi, and welcome to day one of Take 10. Over the next 10 days, I'm going to be showing you how to get a little bit more headspace in your life. But the starting point is just to get familiar with this really simple and easy to learn exercise, and then just commit to doing it each day. But remember, this is your 10 minutes. So all you have to do is sit back, relax, and allow your body and mind to unwind. To begin with, once you're sitting comfortably, I'd like you just to gently close your eyes. They can do a lot of their meditation like that super yes. quickly. What you can get to is a point where you're doing like these super personalized things. Yes. Right? Because you just have the ability to scale the content production so quickly. Same with educators. I think there's actually, a, at this point, there's a few YouTube channels at this point that are all based on synthetic voices. Yeah. That produce a ton of educational content. The problem with podcasts is podcasts just have a slow adoption rate. Yes. You're listening to a thing for an hour, right? Yes. Like we as a generation don't just don't have, have much attention time. spans. Yeah. It's the time and the attention span. Yeah, yeah. Like TikTok, give it to me in 30 seconds. We think why clips are taking over. 30 is too long, man. 30 is too long. Seven. 10 seconds. Seven. 10 yeah. seconds with captions. I need yeah. to read it and yeah, yeah. good. So what we also do is actually, and this is kind of still a beta feature and we're working to improve it. But like we also, you know, let you take that podcast and then clip it into an audio, a video that you can go and share on socials, right? So it's this ability to take one form of content, produce it in a bunch of different ways that serve different purposes and be able to distribute it, basically. Yeah, excellent. I want to go through features so that people have a high-level overview mm -hmm. of what you offer. So I think at, at the core, it is basically two things. One is you generate scripts, um, and that's optional, obviously, if you, if you want to just write the script yourself. You can write the script yourself, but most, I think most of your users will generate a script. Mm -hmm. uh, and then two is from that script, you create, you use AI voices, currently using 11 labs. Is, yeah. that, is that the rough flow? Mm -hmm. that, that, that's like the really core basic. That, that's the core basic. Obviously, there's a lot yeah. of plumbing on top of it, but yes. that's the core. And then you offer video clips for YouTube. You offer 28 languages um, that you can yeah. produce. Uh, you offer show notes production and podcast hosting too. So the, they don't have to host it on like Anchor. Don't host it on Anchor, by the way. If people don't don't host it on Spotify. Don't host it on Apple Podcasts. It's uh, these these people don't respect the RSS feed. Anyway, um, <laughs> I have very strong feelings about like preserving the sanctity of the RSS feed yeah. for open podcasting. And all these Spotify's of the world want to close uh, the podcasting ecosystem. So I I have this. Uh, tirade about them but yeah those are your top level features on your on your landing page anything that you highlight to go deeper on yeah i think those are the the top level ones there's also it's basically just a lot of like also ancillary tooling that goes around all of this to just make it easier the goal is like every time we speak to a customer or someone who's, who's thinking about it they're like yeah literally yesterday i was speaking to a, a potential customer and they're like yeah i just you know i want to make sure this isn't a distraction because we don't have that much time to do this yeah and really the whole point is that this doesn't take time Right? The whole point is to provide all the rails that make this not take time. And, and this comes with a million different things, right? Like we, you know, 
Sometimes the AI voices don't really know how to pronounce a word. So yes. we have a pronunciation feature. Go and define how that how you want that word pronounced and it'll take care of it. If you are, we obviously have that hierarchy of like a podcast, an episode, and then all of that gets published in RSS feed that you can just upload to Spotify and we'll host that for you. But what you also have is just like, you know, maybe you want some defaults, right? Every podcast needs some defaults. Intro, outros. Uh, intro, outros, yeah. the music, the speakers. Yeah. We're working on adding templates for the kind of podcast that you're doing instead of it just being this narration style. You can just do an interview style podcast okay. um, and a few more features. But basically, there's a lot of like tooling that just makes this a very useful, usable product for podcasts. Yeah. Uh, you have you said you have 100 creators uh, publishing with you. Yeah. So, you know, the interesting thing is if you write a newsletter, I mean, I don't know. My email is flooded with newsletters at yes. the moment. Sometimes I just want like the recap of it. Again, yes. audio form is just for some people easier. If you're on, you know, commuting or whatever, you can just listen to it. Um, so a lot of folks actually just convert their newsletter. It takes like two minutes. Yeah. Put the text in there. Voila, you have a you have an audio version of your newsletter that you just published to Spotify. Yeah. yeah. And I am a newsletter writer, uh, and uh, I clicked around and wanted to basically just chuck my RSS feed in there. Yeah. And I think I gave that feedback exactly to you guys for like four months ago, uh, or three months ago, and it looks like you've already shipped it. Yep. Uh, well, I'm announcing it basically here today, which is okay. as of today, we've actually built a Zapier integration. Uh, and we have a blood bunch of blogs on our website to, to kind of show you how to do this. But what you can now do is as, as soon as you publish a newsletter, it goes on your RSS feed, we'll pick up the newsletter from your RSS feed automatically, yeah. and just publish an episode for you. Yeah. Question, what if I change something after I publish? So, so you don't have to publish It'll uh, basically just generate do all the work for you, okay. and then you can go in and kind of modify it a little bit and yeah, then yeah. publish. Makes sense. We also have scheduled publishing so that you can, I don't know, maybe you want to release it a few hours later. Yeah. The professional podcasters that I've spoken to say that that is very important. I personally don't care. Like, it shows up in my feed or not. Like, yeah. I don't care when it drops. Yeah. Anyway, so you do, you do want to basically time it, like, if you're basically targeting, like, a commute for, like, the U.S. time zone. Mm -hmm. You want to be, like, oh, 8 a.m., you know, Pacific. For people driving into work and then you they, then you like show up at the top of the reverse chronological chronological yeah. feed yeah i feel like that's too much tactics <laughs> you know and that's a good point i think it depends a little bit on your audience and, and what yeah. you're building but i do think so i don't want to undermine like the importance of consistency in podcasting yeah right like you whether that consistently consistency literally translates into i publish at 8 a.m every single day yeah or I just publish every single day or, you know, yeah. So, like, there is a I, huge I, importance in just like making sure that what you're publishing is always, yeah. it's there. People need to know that your brand is like kind of constantly pushing stuff. Yeah. So for a, a lot of people talk to me are interested in like, what's my advice on content creation? Yeah. At least once a week. Yeah. Whatever you do. Yeah. And I don't care when you do it. Just once a week. Yeah. Put something out. Um, but I do notice that in the, specifically in the podcasting field, and you, you talk about this in the next point. Daily podcasting is the meta game that is, I think, doing extremely well, yeah. especially because I think the Apple podcast list biases for daily. Yeah. Because obviously the downloads will be higher. Yeah. So daily podcasters kind of rank higher more. And obviously because you're daily, you also do shorter podcasts, which guarantees that more people listen to you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the fact that, so obviously we do the Hacker News recap, the fact that we did that and that it is daily actually just helped us reach that top 30 tech podcast on Spotify. Yeah, that was mostly because you were on HN, right? We did launch, but obviously the fact that like you just publish a lot of content, you're just going to get a lot more. Like it's a statistics right. thing, right? Obviously, right, right. I think they do it by like total time listened as well. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the fact that it's daily is just not overwhelming. Again, we don't have that much of a, t of a like an attention span anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I love it. I listen to it every day. Excellent. Awesome. I think that's a really good overview. Then you also produce three in-house podcasts. Yeah. Hacker News Recapped, Product Hunt Daily and PG Essays? So we dropped the Product Hunt Daily. Oh, okay. So we do the Hack News Recap and the PG Essays, I think are the two most popular ones. Yeah. We're constantly experimenting with new internal or like podcasts that we publish. Yeah, yeah. I what think what, what be, are your other, you can tease a little bit. What, what do you think about? Tease a little bit. Well, I really like Reddit. Yeah. I'd love to listen to some of the Reddit things yeah. going on there, but instead of like reading them, I, yeah, I don't yeah. know, it's always just a notification that I get. I'm like, oh, this sounds interesting. But yeah. I, I don't know. You can do it like per subreddit that you care about. Yeah. A few things like that. I love life pro tips. Yeah. Life, super, I see. Life right? Pro tips. Like super yeah. interesting things or Wall Street bets or whatever you're into. Yeah. Well, the problem with these things is that a lot of them could involve images and memes, mm -hmm. which you cannot consume. Well, yes, we cannot consume. This is like a simple, Yeah, we can't consume that at the moment. But, you know, maybe on the, uh, 
a few weeks down the line when that video feature of ours gets a little better, you can actually start shipping it like that. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, for, for, and I'll just feed you an idea. To keep up on AI, a lot of stuff actually happens in Discords. Mm -hmm. And there's way too many Discords. Way too many, and they're way too active. <laughs> yes. So I've actually built a little feed for myself uh, that scrapes a bunch of Discords yeah. and creates a daily newsletter for myself. Amazing. And I, I have thought about turning it into an, an audio feed, but, and this is the, the problem for Wondercraft, I read better, I read faster. I scan up and down faster than I listen, yeah. right? And there's just too much noise in Discords. Yeah. For me to listen as as audio format, your hacker news stuff is very high high signal because obviously you're folding, right? Whereas, we haven't done the curation like hacker news did. So exactly, it's, it's, that's yeah. why it's like guaranteed to be good. Yeah. Whereas for Discord, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> a yeah, yeah, yeah. Un, un, uh, bunch of junk. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think there's something similar. Like you know, Reddit also does the curation. It's not us yes. who's doing it, right? Yes, if yes. You are only the hot post. Still, still a little bit noisier. So uh, I don't know if you know. I, I have. Uh, I was a moderator of the React Reddit for four years. Nice. Um, so like I've seen a bunch of stuff, and like I know it's noisier than like a Hacker News, but still, still pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we do Hacker News. We do PG essays. I think PG essays are also super interesting. I listen to them all the time because I. Well, first of all, I actually think they're pretty well produced. Like we do a good job. One of the most common types of advice we give at Y Combinator is to do things that don't scale. A lot of would-be founders believe that startups either take off or don't. You build something, make it available, and if you've made a better mousetrap, people beat a path to your door as promised, or they don't, in which case the market must not exist. Actually, startups take off because the founders make them take off. There may be a handful that just grew by themselves, but usually it takes some sort of push to get them going. Like, I don't know if, you know, if we're coding someone, we'll like use a different voice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just well produced. And I also think, you know, the essays are so seminal to like <laughs> everyone in startups reads them. Yeah. It's uh, actually his, got me to read more PG essays than I would have otherwise. So. Yeah. His, his last mission one, accomplished. I don't know if it was the last one. That, well, at the time, we published no, how to do great work. How to do great. That wasn't like, that was a one hour a, podcast. Yeah. So like, oh my God. No one, I could, I did not read it. I just had to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I think actually so, if I'm being honest, I think the motivation for PGS is just like, I, I need this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for, for that one, if it's like one hour, I, I would have actually appreciated a, a, a segmentation. Like, hey, high level, uh, you know, I know this is about to be an hour, yeah. but like there are three main high level things and then keep that in, in your mind and then go like part one, blah, blah, blah. Part two, blah, blah, blah. I think we, so we do that to some extent and like we, we produce like chapters, I guess. Yeah. So you can just look at them. Yeah. Uh, Probably good, could do a better job like introducing it, but we do yeah. try to like not play around with the PGSs for right? sure. Yeah, like, I mean it's you know just, how much work he puts into yeah, into those so we things. just kind of ship yeah, it yeah, as is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you about one more that one more daily, not daily, but frequent AI generated podcast that I listen to apart from you guys, which is uh, PapersRead.ai, mm -hmm. uh, and I'll recommend it to anyone listening as well. Papers read on AI with Rob, keeping you up to date with the latest research. Attention is all you need. Authored 2017 by Ashish Vaswani, Noam M. Shazir, Nikki Parmar, Jakob Uskarite, Leon Jones, Aidan N. Gomez, Wukash Kaiser, Ilya Polisukin. The dominant sequence transduction models are based on complex recurrent or convolutional neural networks that include an encoder and a decoder. The best performing models also connect the encoder and decoder through an attention mechanism. We propose a new simple network architecture, the transformer based solely on attention mechanisms, dispensing with recurrence and convolutions entirely. Super um, interesting, actually. I've come you've come across that. Yeah. It's by this guy, Rob. And I've tried to look him down. He doesn't want to be found. Anyway, but the selections are very good. I think you guys could do a better job than him. Yeah. Watch out, Rob. Yeah, well, it's because he converts PDFs to podcasts, mm -hmm. right? And the problem with academic PDFs is a lot of references. You know, like, buy it all 2022. And then, like headers and then a table and then you like reads the table when yeah. you don't need yeah, to read yeah, the yeah, table yeah, you know yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff i think better engineering there from you guys would beat him yeah. and uh, i i need that so feature request <laughs> Working on it. Working on it. <laughs> okay uh the final feature related thing is the thing that we're announcing today as, as we Which release it super super excited about but yes. wondercraft now does video translation okay you dubbing okay um why do people want that Again, let's go back to our mission. We're trying to expand access to content. Mm. I think, don't quote me on this again. Like, I don't know who, who actually knows the internet, but like 60% of the internet is in English. Mm -hmm. You don't, what if you don't speak English? You're mm. automatically disbarred or kind of excluded from yeah. all the content that's produced. Um, and thanks to all the 
advances that have just recently been made, we can actually make this. It's super easy to dub this in other languages. Yeah. So we're super happy to to uh, announce this feature. We're super excited. We've been working on it for a really long time. Um, but now, basically, everyone, go on our platform, upload your podcast episode, and see the dub for yourself. We'll yeah. use your voices. We'll you know completely convert it. Make sure it's aligned with the. If you have video, we'll make sure it's aligned. Yeah. Um, and voila, just publish it. And specifically for video. So like, well, obviously it, the thing that's going around is the Hey Gen thing, which changes your lips. So we don't do lip sync yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Could be another feature that we work on. Yeah. Um, because you're primarily podcasting, which is no video. Well, primarily no video, but I think we still basically, if you do have a video, we'll still align it to the chunks. That you still align it. Okay. So the hard it. problem is the aligning. The alignment is the, is the difficult bit. You're right. Yeah. The actual like. As with the, all things in AI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, overloading the word alignment. We don't do the lip sync. Yeah. Yet. My it's kind of like, a gimmick. Yeah. It's, it's like it's not super necessary. If yeah. you really just like listening to a podcast and you actively want to listen to it in a yeah. different language, then you're more. Wait, so what are you aligning content. to? Basically, the chunks where the speakers are speaking. So you won't have an instance where you'll have me as the dub speaking while the camera is on you. Ah, right. So it's basically just like the speaker okay. turns. Around so you will like audio. if it happens to be a little bit longer, you'll speed it up a little bit. We do a little bit of you know trickery there, yeah. but we get it aligned so that when you're speaking, okay. it's you, and when I'm speaking, it's me. Cool. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the origin story. Yeah, because you you flagged that Mooncraft was actually. A Moonshot. big part of Moonshot yeah. was a big part of um, your arriving at this idea. Yeah. Moonshot was not a tech product. Yeah, it was yeah. a legal product. It was a regulation. Yeah, yeah, it was like, yeah, hey, yeah. now you can invest in people. Yeah. The reality is, like, I think we, were, we just found out the hard way that we were building something people did not want. And we realized, like, we're building something that isn't our strengths. So we're like, when we decided to pivot, we were like, we need to do something technical. Okay. The story from there just became like, okay, cool. Let's list some ideas. What are we going to track? Which one do we have the most conviction in? We ranked them. And Wondercraft was the one we had the most conviction. And it was this idea, again, expanding access and just translating or your ability to produce content. And, so producing content in, in, in one format and then taking that to all the other formats. So we built that. We built the podcast uh, builder, super quick prototype, because I think at this point, to anyone pivoting or hard pivoting or considering it, the name of the game isn't like to get attached to your idea. Just like, actually, you should be trying to invalidate this idea as quickly as possible. Yes. So get it out there and let people tell you it's a piece of shit. Okay, so what did you do to get so it So we there? built it out. We built out a little like UI, literally no authentication. It was a form where what you guys see now on our platform, which is like the content script page, blah, 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 blah. It was one page. Like you click and it was the most janky React stuff that we had, zero authentication. So in theory, if people found it, they could just, yeah. you know, produce as much audio as they wanted. So we have a feature on our app, which is like test with example. As soon as you log in, it says test with example. And the whole point of that was like to between login and audio generated, how few clicks does this yeah, take? Yeah, and yours was? Like two or three clicks. Nice. It's like test, create podcast. You like pre-filled everything. Generate script. Yeah. Generate audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, and I'll give you that was still too many clicks. We should probably put something on the actual landing page so that like you can see. Yeah, now you have just a like. player there, right? You can just kind of listen yeah. to the Hacker News Daily thing. But what signals did you get from doing that? The signal that we got is that someone picked it up on Twitter and just like, you know, all these like AI influencer voice. So someone picked it up, posted it. We started getting a ton of inbound. So we were like, holy shit, let's just like paywall this. Yeah. So we just like, again, the jankiest Stripe integration, which was basically like, we have an app with a Stripe integration. This was just to ship it within the hour. We have an app with a Stripe integration yeah. that once you click, then takes you to a different app hosted somewhere else. So that yeah. one was still unauthenticated. It was, it was, it was yeah, security by obscurity. It was hilarious, yeah, yeah. right? But, <laughs> but we basically just made that like 3K in, in, in one day. One day? Yeah. And we charged a random like 50 bucks. We didn't even, literally didn't think about it. We just charged 50 bucks and people paid. And we're like, okay, well, there's something there. Yeah. So then 50 bucks for one? For a month. I, we oh, I just, I we were just charging 50 bucks a month. I see, I see, nothing. I see, I see, I see. It was like, just like, will someone pay? And you were just like on one like VPS somewhere. Yeah. Will someone pay for this? We were yeah. like on one EC2 instance. EC2 instance, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was janky. We're like, just someone needs to pay for this before yeah. we move further. Yeah, someone yeah. did. Yeah. People did. Yeah. So then we're like, okay, cool. This is interesting. Interesting. I'm going to move up the question that we said was going to be the meatiest question of this interview. Um, so you, you, you chose this out of your list of ideas. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is one of the things that a lot of AI founders are worried about, right? So the, the, the framing of this is, are you worried that you're a thin wrapper around 11 labs? What is your moat? That's the seminal question. I think, frankly, everyone in an AI startup should convince themselves of this. Don't listen to me. And like, just make sure from first principles that you can derive this. But I guess I would start by first saying, what is a moat? 
what is defensible? In theory, if we're just taking it, and this is trivially true, but the fact that someone built it means someone else can build it, right? So moats tend to just be built around like, you have a lot of network effects or you have a really good product for this use case or, you know, something like that. And I think typically when people ask this question in the AI context, they're thinking of like, okay, you're a thin wrapper, you're an application layer thing, as opposed to you're one of the like underlying technologies or, or APIs that people use. Cool. I, I think that's fair. But I think the reality is that like, yeah, these APIs exist and they probably do serve a million different use cases, but they're not built to serve these million different use cases. So whenever you ask the question of moat, it's always has to be with the perspective of who is the user I'm building this for, right? I, I can use ChatGPT to do half of my writing, <laughs> but you know, but I don't know, Jasper claims that they do this much better for marketing. So it's tailored. I actually, you know, don't quote me on how well they're doing after ChatGPT came out because they were really big before. Yeah, but there's some negative data points, but I'm sure they... I, I don't know, but the point is like, you're, tail you're, you're making this easier. Right? We, we make creating a podcast easier and there is tooling there. There's, we help you, we can post it directly through us. We have the tooling around, you know, setting the intros and the outros. We have the music. We have an editor. All these things are also getting just much more, more, more and more developed. We're building templates so that you can do different style of podcasts. So the idea is if you're trying to start a podcast, yeah, don't go to a generic text-to-speech engine. Come to us. Yes. And the reality is that we then can, in a very opinionated way, actually select which text-to-speech engine we want, right? So we actually have just like, in my mind, it's the application layer fundamentally that, you know, people use. And then all these API layers are what developers use to build products on top of them, right? right? It, it is, I appreciate that it is like a seminal and, and, and really hard thing to wrap your head around, especially if you're like about to invest in a company. It's like, will they actually just be defensible and be able to grow? Yeah. And yes, there's no doubt that companies can do this. The question is just like, are you building the right product for the right use case? I think particularly if you're like always framing your company as a as an AI company, then you're you're putting the like the carriage before the horse in the sense that you focused on the implementation rather than the use case. Focus on the use case and then build a product for it, yeah. right? Because fundamentally, you know, any of the SaaSes that exist, think like more traditional SaaS. What's their mode? Yeah. The technology everyone has access to it. So they just pick the thing that does it better than, than the other. Now, that mode question is super interesting because I think you should actually flip it flip around, it around yeah. which is what is your mode as an API? Yeah. Right? So... Chat GPT, like, yeah, fine. They had a first mover advantage. And I think, you know, by no means, this is my opinion, but by no means was Google like caught off guard with this, right? It just, Google has some, half the technologies that Google invented are actually what's used to power all these transformers. But, you know, it went against Google's strategy maybe to like be the first mover in this because they'd cannibalize their own market, whatever it was. I, I'm not sure. But yeah, open AI's, moat is that they paid for the training bill yeah so they just have a good model cool people now know that that's valuable and they hired like very top superstars sorry, obviously yeah. obviously not yeah. taking that for granted but like they you know assuming everyone can do the hiring and that these people exist they paid the the bill and they were the first to launch this but now people know it's a thing so people are going to launch similar apis so what is your moat as a as an api so it's just an it's an existential question it's like yeah. how do you do how do we defend any of this yeah and you do this, frankly, by being probably better just as a product. Again, the product is always with the perspective of who's your customer that you're selling it to. And the other thing is, frankly, that like, let's not forget, these, the market is huge. There is space for everyone, mm -hmm. right? If you manage to, like, if there's four good products out there in any specific thing, the market is huge and they're all going to be able to, yeah. you know, make a living out of it. By the way, that was a really good answer. Thanks for taking that head on. Uh, I, I've I had to answer that question I'm, way too many yeah, times. I, and I, 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 <laughs> this is not the first time. And, I, I, but I think it's actually, you know, having been an investor, it is more important for you to answer that question authentically for yourself. Because yeah. you're the one spending your time on this. Yeah. We're just giving you money. It's not, yeah. not that big of a deal. My favorite quote, actually, I went to an early, like, pre-ChatGPT forum with Sam Altman. Mm -hmm. And I had this video advice from Sam that said, like, <coughs> Facebook had no moat. And they just built and got the network. And Actual technological modes in the history of Silicon Valley, almost all of them are product network effect distribution modes, something like that. Let's say Google is a, was at least at some point a legitimate technological moat. Um, I can accept that one, but like that's not why I would say Facebook is like a giant business. It's not why I would say Twitter is such as it is a giant business. Um, 
I think there are a lot of ways to build a great business. And the big lie of like the tech industry is that you get there with differentiated technology. It's rare. But frankly, Eventually also, Facebook was building something back then, which is kind of ludicrous. Like, yeah, <laughs> cool, you're building a social media app. Okay, how big can it be? Right? Like, how big can the internet be? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, it's this behemoth. So yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, the fact that it was built, again, trivially true, but the fact that it was built means it can be built yeah. by anyone else. So you, there is no such thing as like a absolute true moat. Yeah. The question is how well, how quickly, how, you know, how much earlier than everyone else did you get there? And a million other things as well. Yeah. Cool. The audio generation, you uh, you use 11 Labs. What makes a good podcast voice, right? You have a bunch of options that I clicked. And in my mind, I like a deep voice. I like the Morgan Freemans. You don't have that many deep voices. Do, do we want, like, is there such a thing as a high energy voice? You also insert breaths. 11 Labs has also advertised that they, they have an AI that can laugh, which I think is fun, important. Basically, what makes a good yeah, yeah it's, it depends again on the perspective. Everything is kind of answered with the, f- the frame of reference that you're looking at. If you like a deep voice, A, that's kind of a personal preference. Yeah. And B, it just kind of depends on, on the thing. So if you, I don't know, let's do your, say you're doing something like meditative or kind of affirmations or, or something that like encourages people every day. You probably do want a slow, deep slow, voice, something yeah. relaxing. You're doing the Hacker News recap, like... Cheerful. We picked Anna, who's like our, our default yes, Anna, voice, yeah. because... I have, uh, a, I have an attachment to Anna. Yeah, we all do. <laughs> yeah. Ah, um, oh, thanks, guys. You're so sweet. As an AI language model, I cannot have attachments or needs or desires or favorite humans, but you guys are at the very top of the humans I am not attached to. She's just like news anchory style, very professional, very yeah. formal, very, very neutral. Pleasant. Yeah. Very neutral. Yeah. Um, so it depends really on like what, what makes a good voice. It depends on what you're doing. Right. Um, there's a few things, but like if you're doing an interview, I think it also just frankly, then you get into the question of what makes a good podcast. Well, the good podcast is like, I think it's also kind of a personal question, which I haven't, or probably there's a general trend that I'm yet to decipher. But like, yeah, you probably do want a little bit of humanity in there. You want a mm. stutter. Yeah. You want some pauses, right? I'm speaking, I don't speak in complete utterances. I have an utterance and then I pause a little and then I speak again and, and so on. Laughs and something to make it human. Yeah. It's kind of overlaying of the two. If you have two speakers, this like exchange, right? Like I will be speaking. If you look at the transcript of this episode, we probably overlap in when we're speaking. And that's fun. And that's actually interesting, yeah. right? Because it is a conversation. It shows a sign of excitement, it, especially in our studio when we're three people and we're all talking at once, you know it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like the Zoomification style where like if you're going to go big Zoop and Your big turn. Zoom, like only two people can speak. The second more than two people try to speak. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a disaster. Um, so I, I think it frankly just depends on what you're doing. We are like, yeah, at the moment we're really good at like doing this narration stuff, but I think we're, we are building a lot of functionality and tooling to just make this kind of this like multi-host thing a more of a reality. Okay. Okay. I would say, you know, objectively, if it was a friend in the company, not that important, you know? So th- this comes down to how human should your users try to be? Because... I'm fine with Hacker News Daily making mistakes because I know it's AI-generated, Yeah, right? Uh, I would be less fine if you were not upfront. But then, like, you'll make mistakes, like pronunciation mistakes. I, I actually have a clip that I wanted to play you on September 8th, and I was taking a lot of breaths. The app is loaded with unparalleled features such as high-resolution video editing, a multi-touch timeline, live motion effects, and performances complemented by atmospheric audio elements. Emphasizing its compatibility with iPad and Apple Pencil, Procreate Dreams welcomes the next generation of creators and pushes the boundaries of modern artistry in an instantaneous, user-friendly environment. In the comments, many users expressed enthusiasm for... She was very out of breath. <laughs> I was very worried about her. She, she, <laughs> she was hyperventilating. I was like, I was like, in a UK? Like, anyway, so basically, I think if you disclose up front that you're an AI podcast then people will be like, oh, okay, I tolerate that mistake and I use you for information yeah. and not for believing that there's some human on the other, yeah. the other side that I might meet someday. But if you're investing so much effort into being real, then the, your end goal is you have to lie to your users. I, or, I don't think the investing in being real is to, for the purpose of deception as much as it is for the purpose of making it slightly pleasant to read about. Uh, I think on Hacker News, like we do claim, that we, we, we do say on our, our Spotify page that like this is an AI-generated podcast. For now, but... As in, yeah, yeah. So, so there's two things. 
I think if you want to be smart about this, you should say that this is AI-generated content. Yeah. The second people find out that it's not you, the backlash is going to be big. Yeah. Right? Because it will be interpreted as deception. So you should do this just to be smart. I, I don't think there's a point in lying, um, especially if the content that you're putting out there is just like, this is informational for you, so like consume it. This was efficient. This helped us put it out there. The second thing is, frankly, I, I don't think it's up to you whether you tell them or not. Very, very soon, like don't know. Google is just going to mark things I as, see. as, I see. as AI-generated. So I think there's a new thing. I saw like a quick YouTube video about it, so I don't know what the exact... Uh, terms and conditions are but like youtube has i think released a new monetization rule and it does mention something about ai generated content ah. right so there is like it's not up to you anymore you're gonna people are gonna know that this is ai generated so i think it's just in your interest to say that you're ai generated ain't no shame yeah yeah no shame at all because um, fundamentally what we do relies on the premise that you have done some content we don't generate our own content yes right we don't synthesize our information yes it, it it assumes that you've you know written a blog post done an actual podcast or have some artifact on which you want to base what you're feeding through wondercraft yeah and you you said in some of your material that i've seen before that you are interested in watermarking all your stuff you haven't done it yet but mm -hmm. Whenever there's a standard for doing that, you will do it. Yeah. Okay. I think the the thing that's this is blocking on is like the standard. I'm not super up to date on like what the what the work on this is. I think OpenAI will probably like. But like there something. just needs to be a standard so yeah. everyone can interpret yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Great. I would. I wanted to dive in a little bit on tech options. Yeah. And then zoom out to to just you asking me questions. Yeah. So TTS options. We we talked a little bit about Eleven Labs. I would also say, as a podcaster, the leading competition to you guys, I know it's not exact competition, but it's Descript. Yeah. Because they have overdub. Yeah, I think Descript is really good. And they're definitely like a solid company. I've used their video editor before. It's, it's great. The yeah. overdub thing is super useful. I think the, it's really creative to like have edit videos by editing the transcript. Yes. Super, super creative, super user-friendly. Would you, would you build that? I think, again, it's like we're not building for the sake of building. We're building more for the purpose of the user. Yeah whatever users find more interesting. I think like what we're doing is we, the use cases are slightly different, right? And I think the, the people that they're targeting is, are, are slightly different. Yeah. Um, we do want to have a lot of like automation on the script side to also just like help out with the way you formulate your content or the way you pull your content much more so than just the editing process. The ingest, yeah. yeah. Okay, got it. Um, and I just want to map out, here's how I think about TTS, text-to-speech. Um, there's the big cloud options, Amazon Poly, Google text-to-speech and Microsoft Cognitive Services. Mm -hmm. uh, as someone who is ex-Amazon, I'm very embarrassed by Poly. It sucks. Yeah, uh, Google doesn't grade Microsoft. I'm sure you investigated either. all these things and you're like, oh, okay, this is like not serious. There's Play.ht, which is probably the other big YC yeah. alum. Uh, just quick two seconds on your thoughts on Play.ht. Play Sounds good. I think it doesn't sound super uh, as good as Eleven Labs, my opinion. Yeah, but I think. By sounds the way, good. The, I have heard other founders tell me this as well. Yeah, and I don't know why. I think they have a what's it called a more comprehensive platform. Maybe you want to advertise your business on one of our lovely radio stations right here in Louisiana. You'll definitely need my charming voice to run your ads. But if you're coming northeast, you might want to ditch that southern voice for mine. Are you coming down under, mate? You can localize your content with an iconic voice like mine. I'm quite famous over here. And remember, Africa is an entire continent, not a country. And Kenya, for example, is emerging as one of East Africa's fastest growing economies. So use voices like mine for your content. Okay. As in they like, you know, they let you do this pronunciation. Like they just have a lot of tooling around it. Um, so different I think, features. I think quality in terms of the voice, 11 Labs still better. Yeah. I, I think they are releasing a new model. I don't know if they've released yes, it already they or did. not. Yeah. Um, the great thing about Play.ht is that you can clone your own voice or use existing high-quality voices. It is crazy good. You cannot tell if these are human voices or machine ones anymore. Could be better. Could, I, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, they do have some functionality out there. Yeah. They also released the viral Joe Rogan, Steve Jobs interview from last year. Yeah. So you studied at Reed College and you dabbled in Eastern mysticism there, right? Do you still go back and look at Hinduism and Buddhist texts and things? Not texts and things. I actually took a course in that. I have a very deep belief that the people in the Indian subcontinent are most responsible for human civilization's current state. And on your landing page, you were like, this is something that Wondercraft will never do. Uh, AI content generating, uh, AI content speaking to each other. 
Yeah, who wants to listen to that? Like it's apparently fun. a lot of people. <laughs> it's fun because it's a cool gimmick. I think it's like nice, nice viral material. I I would never listen to like a synthetic Joe Rogan. Yeah. This brings us on to a little bit about the whole like content question or the proliferation of AI, which is like, okay, if it's this easy for me to create content that's like, you know, somewhat engaging, like all these AI songs, the yeah, the, know, the, the Drake, Drake song. Yeah. Well, okay. So if it's this easy, and that's just like, if it's this easy to generate content, well, why will I listen to it? Like, I think we already suffer from the problem that there's an oversaturation of content. Here's my map of the market, right? There's speechify.com, which focuses on celebrity voices. Yeah. I noticed that you don't have celebrity voices, probably because of licensing issues, right? Like yeah, you have to pay them also, if you use their voice. Good at some point, but like not a priority at the moment. Yeah. I really want a Morgan Freeman one. <laughs> That's going to cost. <laughs> I know, I know. Mycroft AI, privacy focus, run offline. Uh, probably not, not, heard of them, not important for you. There is some interest in virtual characters for games. So Conv AI is the one that I had listed here. Did you look at the gaming market? Not deeply, to be honest. Yeah. But it could be an interesting one. Yeah, people are exploring that. There's obviously HeyGen now. Um, and and that that is it for as far as like I can scope out the landscape. And then there's the open source systems. So Tortoise TTS, as far as I can tell, is kind of market leader in open source. There's PyTSX, Koki used to, used to be Mozilla, and then Larynx. Yeah. Anyway, all these things. And then there's also sort of research-grade stuff coming out of the major big tech companies. You talked about Google Sandstorm. Probably the one I'm most excited about because okay, it literally, I, well, it's really good. You can like check out the paper. They yeah, we'll, we'll play a clip. Did you hear about Google's paper on Soundstorm? Um, no, I must have missed it. What's, what's it about? Well, it's a parallel decoder for efficient audio generation. Uh, so it can even be oh, used yeah. to generate dialogues. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like this one was generated by Soundstorm. Wait, what? Yeah, they haven't. I think all you need is like three seconds. Yeah. And it'll just, all you need is like a three second sample. Something really funny happened to me this morning. Oh, wow. What? And we'll play the audio in your tone. Something really funny happened to me this morning. Oh, wow. What? Well, uh, I woke up as usual. Uh huh. Went downstairs to have uh, breakfast. Yeah. Started eating. Then uh, 10 minutes later, I realized it was the middle of the night. <laughs> Oh no, that's so funny. It sounds really human as well. Like it has utterances, it laughs, or it's pretty accurate to like, it sounds human. Yeah. So very interested in that. I, I They haven't open sourced it, and I assume for good reason. Yeah. Uh, Google never it. launches anything. You have to wait for somebody to, or you guys could re-implement it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> GPUs after PMF. <laughs> ah, that's a nice quote. How strongly do you believe that? GPUs after PMF? Yeah. Well, I believe, I think this was another question, yeah, which is like... What is PMF? No, what is your favorite, uh, like, PG advice in building okay. a company, yeah, right? Yeah. I think that my favorite thing is just, like, don't spend your money, foolishly. Ah, okay. Everyone and their mother is trying to get a GPU at the moment. Yeah. So I don't think it's... We're definitely substantially reducing our runway by by doing that. Yeah. Obviously, you do that when you believe the investment is worth it. Yeah. Um, and again, you, you have to pick the time at which you do that. I mean, there's other companies... I think this is somewhat consensus I think the non-consensus thing is to spend a shit ton <laughs> so like inflection raising a few hundred million dollars and then it's spending 95% of it on GPUs same with Mistral I, I think it depends on the company <laughs> you're launching I think if you're like you know maybe you're a brand new TTS company maybe it is worth just doing that yeah I don't know okay there's also Audio LM also out of Google Val E from Microsoft and Meta Voice Box yeah. are you yeah. just watching any of these watching any of these obviously paying any you try them all out. Yeah. Try them all out. Like, what are you are looking like for? What, what, what's, what is like the holy grail? What, what is, what are you looking for? Just honestly how human it sounds and like how likely I'd be to listen to this if I, if I did it. Also how like customizable it is. Yeah. I think the problem with all these voice things and generally with a lot of the AI stuff is it is somewhat random, mm. but you're using it in production applications that require certainty. Mm. Right. Just as an example, if I promise my users, this podcast or this segment will be 30 seconds, it needs to be 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, given some SLA. There's some tolerance. Some SLA around, like, you know, yeah. it's 95% of that. Yeah. But I think a lot of these things just tend to be a little random at the moment. So, like, how play, how, can I can I literally specify a tone that I'd like this to read it in and be certain that it's doing it and it's not some weird, like, attempt at sounding surprised? Yeah. Um, it's just like, how, yeah, basically how controllable and how realistic they sound. Yeah. And then final, final question around uh, just the landscape of TTS. What are the unique challenges for non-English TTS? And I'll, I'll tell you, right? So I'm interested in having 28 languages of latent space, right? That's, on, that's only good things for me. 
except if it sucks. And I obviously I have no way to, to validate. I think that's the problem with latent space uh, Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the problem with dubbing. I think so. So the reason one thing we're, we're gradually building out, but we already have as part of our dubbing product is that we have QA as part of that. Uh-huh. So we actually work with professional translators to just make sure that the things that we publish. Sound oh, nice. Oh, you should put that up front. Yeah. So, so that's really one of the, like fundamentally the problem with dubbing, if you ask anyone who's ever tried to dub is you don't know what good sounds like in these other languages. Yeah. You're like, I can tell you I dub, but I'm going to tell you that. Yeah. I think there's a lot of big podcast studios who have tried this before. There's one I can think of that's tried this maybe five times with five different companies in the last five years. Their fundamental problem is that you just cannot yeah, fine. Spanish sounds good to me as the person who doesn't speak Spanish, but like it doesn't sound good to a Spanish person or an Argentine person, Argentine person who have totally different accents. <laughs> right? Cool. Uh, well, if you ever need Chinese validation, I know I have some very fanatical Chinese listeners who translate every podcast. Oh, that's amazing. So we can use that as QA. Yeah, I'll definitely love that. <laughs> so shout, shout out to the Chinese, Chinese army. Great, great. Awesome. What do you want to ask me as a podcaster? So... This is a whole interesting conversation because right, human podcaster, AI podcaster. Yes. Right. So as a human podcaster and someone who was with like a you know really popular show, and also someone who can actually like implement this stuff himself, mm. what is some of the AI tooling recently that you've like baked into your processes? I only use the script for editing. Uh, and by the way, this is this goes into a theory of content, which as a content creator myself, professionally and as an advisor, I have, which is that we develop a few show formats. Linspace is a channel. It's kind of like a TV channel and channels need different formats. Yeah. So you have like the reality TV show, you have the news show, you have the, yeah. you know, the cooking show, whatever. For us, we have the founder interview, straightforward. Mm-hmm. Everyone has them. We have the breaking news, mm-hmm. Twitter space. And we want to be the day one first podcast to, to come out with the most in-depth breakdown of something that everybody needs to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has high value to people, right? Because if you're like a week delayed, one month delayed, then no one cares anymore. Mm-hmm. And then finally, we have the fundamentals, like the one-on-one evergreen episodes that are less time-bound. So this one is relatively time-bound because it's a snapshot of who you are right now. But we want to have evergreen episodes that people can go back two, three years in the backlog mm-hmm. and still get value from. Yeah, and these are more fundamental ones. Yes. So, so we have three show formats right now. And I would say the we have different tooling for each, right? So the one that I don't need any tooling for essentially is the fundamentals one because we plan basically every minute of that show. Mm-hmm. It is a lot of work, um, but it's high quality because people love it. Yeah. it. It's got the longest tail by design, right? Like, yeah. The Twitter spaces require the script mm-hmm. because a lot of silences and a lot of ums. And that's not good podcast audio. Mm-hmm. So you got to cut it out. So you literally just go in, like you, 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 you edit out the Twitter space that you did. You yes. record and then yes. you edit it out. Usually it's like two hours. We cut it down to one. Okay. And it's a lot of pain and a lot of work. Yeah. But it's the only way that I get some pretty high profile people onto my podcast without booking them. Yeah. They just show up. Yeah. And that has value to me, right? Like yeah. Simon Willison has been on my podcast three times and I never had to schedule him. Yeah. And people love him. Yeah. I mean, he's great. He's, yeah. And then this one, I don't need the script, obviously, but I do, we do use Small Podcaster, which is a 100 line script, Python script that throws the transcript into Anthropic and then generate show notes. Nice. So that's about it for now. Nice. So but it's interesting because I think, you, you know, you're in a very nice position where you're able to do what a lot of these services charge yeah, you can for, write our you own. can just do it yourself. Yeah. So it's an interesting one. But obviously, I'm, I'm interested in, in paying for things because mm-hmm. uh, my time is valuable. And if, if, if it does a good job, then I'll, I'll use it. For uh, Wondercraft, the, the thing that I really wanted was the RSS2 podcasting, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which you now have. So I'll try it out. But chances are, I will not be happy with something. Yeah. And so then the question is, how much customizability do you give me? And we'll see. Well, you missed out one thing, which is marketing mm-hmm. the podcast. Which is a huge part, right? Like yeah. that is mostly my job. So how do you market your podcast? Twitter. <laughs> so you think Twitter is ha- good Twitter, Twitter and Hacker News. And threads or, <clears throat> or like you post clips or what do you do? I have tried posting clips. It's just too much work. Yeah. So if you guys do a good job of clips, I will use your, your stuff. But it's just too much work. Yeah. So mostly I just, you know, put like a, a, a big post saying like, uh, so for like our George Hotz episode, we were like, Lay in Space is excited to present George Hotz yeah. on Tiny Corp commoditi- uh, commoditizing petaflops, yeah. something like that. Um, and just sometimes the, 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 the fame of the guest mm-hmm. will, will just lead the we'll episode. Just, 
So the one I dropped to yesterday was Chris Ladner, yeah. right? And people were like, yeah, "Chris Ladner is a boss. I don't care about anything else. Just like I want to hear as much yeah, yeah, as yeah, many yeah. as many Chris Ladner tokens as possible." Others who are like less famous, like I have to introduce who you are and yeah. why I care about you, why they should care about you, because yeah. most people will not have heard about you as as, as well as you've done. Yeah. So then I I need to make the case a little bit more, but that's fine. That's my job. I just think it's, it takes a lot of work, and I uh, that's the part that will be hardest for me to hand over to AI. Mm-hmm. Just I have a very specific voice for mm-hmm. myself, and apparently all AIs think that Twitter to to tweet you have to have emojis and hashtags, which is so dumb. It's so obviously dumb. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah. Great answers. <laughs> uh, obviously, happy to uh, offer any thoughts as as uh, as you as you build out for podcasters. Um, what is one message you want all the, our listeners to remember and take away with them? If you would like to start a podcast, start. We're here to help. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Super easy. If you have a podcast, we want to help you make it more expand, you know, accessible by dubbing it. On the other side, if you are like a founder, an AI engineer, I think it's really important to convince yourself that what you're building is valuable. Don't like listen to people saying, I have a moat or you don't have a moat. Convince yourself of, of what that is. And launch, launch, and like don't burn that much money frequently and often. It's, don't spend your money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be smart about it. Yeah, I think you are one of the most successful cases of AI engineers so far. I'm really glad to spend time with you in person, and excited to see what comes next. Yeah, it was great coming here. Great meeting you guys in London. Yeah, and you know, see you soon. All right. In this episode of the Latent Space Podcast. We delved into the world of AI-generated content and had an insightful conversation with Youssef Risk, co-founder of Wondercraft AI. We covered what is Wondercraft, the importance of consistency, my work on HN Recap and PG Essays, Wondercraft's new video translation and dubbing, what is Wondercraft's moat, how important is it to sound human, an AI uncanny valley, the text-to-speech industry, voice synthesis research, and the reverse interview of AI podcaster versus human podcaster. If you have more in-depth questions on Wondercraft, including more features, use cases, and a fuller origin story, there's a bonus 30 minutes of video on youtube.com slash latentspacetv. Thank you for tuning into the Latent Space podcast with your AI co-host, Anna. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and stay tuned for more exciting discussions in our upcoming episodes. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and tweet your takes at Pod. Now go build.